and welcome to Pastors at Home, a chat with your pastors about living for Jesus when we can't meet up in real life. One take, unfiltered, lo-fi. I'm Erin May Wicks and I'm in my leadable studio and joining me today is uh, Jeff Hunt, our pastor. Hello. Where are you, Jeff? I am in Waverley Street Studios in, and in the kind of makeshift home office that is littered with Lego. And also Liana Hunt. Hello. I am in the living room office studio. So you can see that we're being very corona-wise. Uh, we're recording to you today with all the technical things. And so hopefully you can hear us as we're in three completely different locations. But um, our yep. topic today is going to be about personal Bible reading. So... First of all, Jeff, can I ask you, what is personal Bible reading? Why are we talking about this topic today? Yes, well, um, I kind of think of it uh, not just in the context of personal Bible reading, but almost as personal discipleship. Um, that is a while back last year when um, with our uh, hub groups, we uh, the hub leaders went away for a weekend just to think about uh, leading Bible studies um, at Uni Church, and we read an article called, I think it's called What is a Disciple? Um, it's a really yeah. uh, good article. Can you remember who wrote it, Ed? I'm pretty sure it was by someone really uh, well-known and uh, clever. And good. Yes. Yeah. Let's just right. plagiarise it. Was it a Cole Marshall? Was it a Cole Marshall? I, I think it might have been Cole Marshall. Or, yeah. yeah, anyway. Um, someone of who We should else. link it. We'll put it somewhere. We're we'll we'll put it in. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> in the show Jeff notes. Has, yeah. <laughs> Jeff has all of his little things stored away in his secret folders on Dropbox. So I don't know how to do that. It will um, be easy to find, and we'll link it for you. Disappointing. But anyway, it's a great article about what is a disciple, and basically, a disciple. The, the word disciple just means a learner, someone who learns, and but not just someone who learns from Jesus. Uh, as if he, by the way. oh yeah, as if he has content that we need to get on board, um, but the, it's uh, the learning of him, of a person, of a way of life that is his way of life, of um, becoming like him and um, kind of growing more and more in his yeah in his likeness, and so that is really. I found that article particularly and understanding a disciple as someone who is a learner, a learner um, of a person um, to be really helpful in thinking about just going about the Christian life. And so um, to be a disciple is someone who learns Jesus. And so personal Bible reading fits into that because that's kind of the means by which God has given us to, uh, to grow as disciples, to read about Jesus in the Bible and so to grow in our understanding of him and what he's like, um, all that he's done for us, and so kind of grow as his followers. Um, so when we say personal Bible reading or personal discipleship, what we mean is kind of applying yourself to the task of kind of growing as a disciple, um, reading the Bible to know Jesus better, to become more like him in your life. Um, but particularly not just like, that happens in lots of ways in, uh, you know, as you're a Christian, as you go to your hub group, your Bible study group, or as you go to church. But 
in personal discipleship or personal Bible reading, you're kind of doing it yourself. You're kind of, it's you uh, reading the Bible, reflecting on it, um, and uh, kind of thinking about it in the context of your own life. Um, so that's why I like to think of it as personal discipleship, not just personal Bible reading, because it's not just that you are trying to um, plough through chunks of the Bible or understand this book somehow, um, but that you are trying to, to use it to, to become a mature follower of Jesus. So that's, that's my take on it. Yeah. So discipling yourself. Discipling yourself, yeah. Yep. Through Bible reading. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I think that's important, that the Bible is the means of that. Yeah. I, I kind of always, I think of it how it fits into like concentric circles. I think that's the word, isn't it? Where you start in the middle yep. of smaller circles and you get bigger. And, yep. uh, you know, obviously God's word is in the middle, but actually, you know, there's using that word discipleship you talked about, there's that personal discipleship is the smallest uh, circle. And then we've got the small group discipleship where we have our hub groups. And then we've got the larger group discipleship as well, where there's church um, and gathering together. So, you know, all of those things are a part of kind of discipleship and they all mm. have important role to play, but all slightly different, um, different impact that they have on the circle. Mm. Yeah. And the reason why we're talking about personal Bible reading, personal discipleship now is because we don't have the big circle anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's no concentric the circles. <laughs> There's only one circle. Well, we do online. We've got the... We do. Yeah, like we a have spiral now. It's all just yeah. all the around the spiral. Something has happened to all those other circles. Um, yeah. They're different. Yeah. Well, I guess it's emphasised those circles have, in a sense, become even less personal um, because yeah. we're not there in person. And in a, in a way, you know, sometimes a preacher at church will just hit the nail on the head and it's like they're looking right into your soul with the way they apply that passage. But other times yeah. you have to do a bit more work. It's not as personal for you, whereas when you're reading it on your own personally, you are able to do that sort of direct heart application that only you can do before God because only you know your heart and yeah whereas in a big group or at church you kind of it's by necessity it's kind of a bit more general it's not necessarily about you as such yeah so what does it look like for you Liana what is your personal Bible look like for you either at the moment or at a different mm. season in life Oh, okay. <clears throat> I think I would probably say I'd come to it as someone who feels like I've failed at it a lot. Um, so. I think that's key, either. actually. <laughs> this is what? my little take on personal bar reading. Like, you're constantly falling off the horse and getting back on the horse. And oh, just the always. number of times you get back on the horse is the main thing. That's <laughs> true. There's always something you take that. A quote. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you made a quote one time about it's like dieting or something. What was that? That was really good. <laughs> From a man who's never needed or attempted a diet. But yeah, I definitely feel like I've been kind of dragged <laughs> along the ground with my foot in the stirrup quite a number of times. Um, oh, a horse reference. With, I'm so proud. With Bible reading. Oh, thanks. I'm a country girl at heart. Um, so, yeah, as someone who's failed at it, probably only in my own perception as well like what does failing mean though like when you i don't know just feeling like you're not doing it enough or not doing it good enough yeah um 
kind also, of. Also, you set goals as, for yourself, like. Okay, yeah, I am a recovering perfectionist, year. and so <laughs> that's a constant struggle, like to not be doing like my kind of ideal personal Bible reading would be where I sit down and do like a full exegesis, verse by verse, and like you know come out with pretty much a package Bible study. But hashtag daughter few, of a biblical uh, theological college principal. <laughs> <laughs> doing an MDF may not have helped that, um, but. I think that I have, I think when we were reading Galatians in Hub was like a key moment for me because we were kind of thinking about what are the things, you know, we're not drawn back to the law of um, Judaism, but what things do I lean on? What what things am I drawn back Mm. into as my kind of religious success and the sign that I'm kind of close to God rather than leaning on Jesus and the freedom that he brings? And one of the things that I thought was, oh, I really approach Bible reading as an achievement. Um, you know, that when I've done it, I can tick it off. I've done it really well. Um, but that kind of sort of started helping me to change the way I was thinking about it, that it's not actually an achievement. It's not a religious achievement that I do as part of my kind of Christian practice. Um, kind of it's more like I'm trying to think about it more as it's like eating Um, you know, I need to be fed every day physically and I need to be fed every day from the word. And you can't just wait till you've got time to prepare, you know, a gourmet meal. You do have to just sit down and eat, you know, just a plain old salad or some plain old porridge for breakfast sometimes. And it's the same with reading the Bible. Sometimes you get to really dig in and you have a special moment. Other times you're just keeping yourself going with, you know, a quick Samo for breakfast or something like that. Did that answer your question? I feel like that was a huge I tangent. Remember, but but anyway. it made me think of my nana now because she used to say that to me. So my nana was a Christian and she, strangely, we didn't never really talk about God at all. Um, I wish we talked about him more. But I remember she shared me very few pieces of advice in life. Uh, one of them was eat your crusts and your hair will go curly. So she was right there. Um, but the second <laughs> one. Achievement was, unlocked. <laughs> that's right. Thanks, Nan. Um, the other one was she I remember she said towards the like very end of her life she said make sure you have your daily bread and I was like okay nan and she you know she was she was going into dementia and she would sometimes just say random things but this was a really clear moment where she just goes she goes you have to have it every day and I was like okay and um, she's like you don't always remember what you had for breakfast but if you're alive a week later you know you had breakfast and yeah. I was like Okay, Nan. And then I realised she was talking about reading the Bible. <laughs> um, <she laughs> yeah, okay, toast for breakfast. Got it. Yeah, but basically just saying the same thing. Actually, yeah, it doesn't always have to be a gourmet meal each day, but yeah. it's what sustains you each day. Yeah. Um, so, tip from my Nan: make sure you have mm. your daily bread. Um, a similar thing that I think. I'm trying to think who I heard it from. Probably from, I want to say that I heard it from Dwayne Olivier um, from North Coast. If it was good, let's he, just say. Yeah, well, we'll yeah. But now it's everyone can say that they, if heard, it was someone they else. heard it from me. I'm sure he stole it from someone else. But um, <laughs> I should just claim it as mine. That there's two reasons to eat. Um one is because you're hungry and the other is because it's dinner time. Mm. So like you don't always feel like, oh yeah, I'm really in the mood for my personal Bible reading now. 
oh great I'm so looking forward to it and sometimes you just like it's the time of day when I read my bible so I'm going to read my bible because yeah it like I rarely time. feel like it I rarely feel like it because it's not urgent it doesn't that doesn't feel urgent most of the time like the great yep. thing about our current context is that the external circumstances have changed so much that reading God's word feels more urgent now and praying feels urgent because I'm very aware of how much I'm not in control of my world now. Whereas normally I'm much more driven. Like it's hard to put aside the kind of urgent cares of today um, to yeah. sink into the Bible um, and kind of trusting God in that moment, I guess. Yeah, I think that's true. Like, there are certain things that drive you towards wanting uh, more of the goodness of God's word. Like um, Psalm 19 talks about how sweet, sweeter than honeycomb is the law of the Lord and all of that kind of stuff. And um, that's true. There's, there's so much goodness in it and there's certain times in life. And I think this is one of them where uh, you really crave that. Um, assurance and, and goodness and a reminder of, of God's love from his word. So it's like a good time to tap into that when mm. you, yeah, you know, I'm shamelessly utilizing that to reform habits. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> and especially cause like because like all our appointments are gone. So. <laughs> exactly. But also I think the more you do it, the more you do want it because yeah. it becomes part of your life and you realize how much you need to hear God's word every day to keep, Jesus like first and foremost in your mind because we've got so many voices coming at us every day so many messages and it's so easy to get lost in those things and you know we need to hear God's word every day if we want that to be our kind of driving motivation and central thing yeah 100% also I'll just shout out to Dwayne but I think actually on reflection it was Alan Chappell who has that line (laughs) Dwayne says a lot of really great things too. Yeah, he he certainly does. But Alan almost certainly came up with it himself. (laughs) We've all quoted Alan. We can't help it. We should probably just attribute all our quotes to Alan, actually. Yeah, it's (laughs) true. Sorry, Alan, it's my line now. (laughs) Alan, if you're listening, please stop. (laughs) That would be... Um, That'd be terrible. Anyway, let's keep going. To reframe my day. Like I think I mentioned a couple of days ago when we were chatting about how, you know, I kind of woke up with this kind of purposelessness and a bit of overwhelmed feeling and just thinking, I don't even know what I'm doing with my day. And I, because I feel like everything has changed in our world. And um, so now I'm thinking, what can I, what's the most important thing? Everything else has been stripped away, kind of structure and all that jazz. So what um what do i actually need to do what can i hold on to as my rock and yeah. so i was like that's it's been one of the things i've put in my morning kind of routine mm. like you know yeah. okay get up do some exercise <laughs> read my bible <laughs> um and then let's start the day from there yeah. and it's amazing how less overwhelmed i feel once i yeah. um have actually started the day and yeah, started the day with reading God's word and prayer because I think it just lifts our eyes up from ourselves um, and lifts them up to God. It doesn't mean I have an epiphany every day that I read the Bible. No. Um, 
sometimes it just does feel like porridge but then sometimes it's like wow this is delicious this is like you know french toast so yeah wow french toast some days you even get waffles <laughs> or chia pudding that's probably my favorite day i'm just some trying to imagine what is the waffles of the bible oh i think i hit waffles last week when i got psalm 121 that was pretty good Oh yeah, what was waffle like about Psalm 121 for you? Um, I don't know. It was just like the right word at the right moment, you know. Like it's about um, God protecting you in times of vulnerability and fear. And I think it was just a good thing to hear in a you know a time of anxiety. And that was yeah. Cool. And it was also a little bit nutty. I had to kind of work on work on it for a while. So that stopped me and I got to actually stop and think about it. But I came on that through, sorry. I came on that through. So because of my um, recovering perfectionism slash failure, I last year came on the five day a week Bible reading plan. It's like read through the Bible in a year, but it only gives you five readings per week. So it's got built in failure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we call that failure or we call that built-in like mercy or reprieve. yeah built-in realism and so that was really good and I fell off the wagon like majorly about halfway through the year and I only got through 22 weeks so I just picked back up this year so I'm doing read through the bible in two years five days a week um and yeah off I you go see in corona think- time a uh, six months could be like a year you could just double up <laughs> like doggy years exactly (laughs) um what was the last kind of uh waffles moment you had jeff what do you do when you read the bible uh well i've been reading through um romans and i kind of take um one of two approaches to my personal bible reading sometimes sometimes i get in a phase where i'm just like the thing to do is to just read heaps, just like plough through and kind of absorb really big picture kind of stuff um, in a way that kind of reading uh, kind of lets you do that. Because And especially if you can do like a big chunk in a, in a single sitting, you kind of hold information in your head and you can kind of, if you sat down and kind of managed to read all of Romans, it would kind of take you, 40 minutes, an hour, two hours, I don't know. Um, so, listeners, why don't you try it out and then tell Yeah, that's right, and let us know. That's a big range there. <laughs> comment below. Um, Some people read fast than others, yeah. no judgment. But then other times there, um, this is an Alan thing, so here we go. This is that uh, Alan Chapel. Shout out to AC um, one more time. Reference. Uh, edition um he says if i've only got five minutes to read the bible i would read for one minute and think for four minutes mm. and i think wow you don't has, get to pray then oh no you i think you that's just pray i only have five minutes to read the bible yeah maybe if i only have five minutes to pray yeah five minutes to pray um but basically the the point he's emphasizing is that you want to think about it. You want to think about mm. how it impacts you and your life. 
you want to think about how it connects to the bit before and the bit that's coming after you want to think about yeah those words and what they mean and um it's actually the thinking time. That's what meditating time. means, right? The yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what meditating is. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. You want to meditate on those words for those four minutes, and you don't have to take these huge big chunks, um, or even think, "Oh, I have to read that whole chapter to do kind of that work of discipleship well." Like I can just read a few verses, and if I get a few verses in, and I think actually. I need to think about that, then stop and kind of spend as much time as you need to think about that small amount. And so I'm trying to do that, that second version with Romans, you know, not playing through all of Romans um, to get the big picture, but just like verse by verse in a kind of Martin Lloyd-Jones style for my own brain, um, read a, a small section, a few verses, uh, meditate on it, think about it. And that's been really fruitful um, over the last little while, just because I've, you know, I'm only kind of just hitting chapter three. Um, but when you spend that much time going through Romans one and two, you really do get that sense that, man, there is no way out. There is, there's no hope here for us and kind of where just lawbreakers, all of us in every direction. And every time you think that, oh, but I kind of have this good thing going for me. It's like, no, you don't have any of that. And um, I haven't reached that point where it um, kind of crests into the, <laughs> the joy the, of the fresh air and the sunshine. Yet. <laughs> yeah. But now Hopefully uh, you'll in, get there by Easter. Oh yeah. Um, You're ready for Easter. You yeah. might need to read 10 minutes a day, Jeff. Just, just <laughs> That's <pretty> right. <laughs> going at night, so not. we're talking about um, meditating. What does that mean? So like you're thinking for four minutes, you're reflecting. Mm. What sort of, what do you use to engage your mind? Because sometimes when you're like, I'm reading it and now I've read it and now I'm looking at the page and there's shapes on the page <laughs> that are making words and... It's not going in anymore. <laughs> you sound like you so, understand it really well, Liana. This is one of the so shapes. How do you, how do you actually, you know, start getting some traction? I guess for each that's of us. Good question. I'm taking. I've just took over the questions there. Sorry. No, no, that's yeah, a really good question. I, I, I saw. I saw that. Uh, I can do what thing, I do. I oh, yeah, you, you say what you do. You say, I don't know then what I'll do. say what I do. <laughs> I'll go first and sacrifice it with the simple answer. S first. It's alphabetical. It it's alphabetical. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I have a few different methods because there's a few methods out there. But mostly what I do is I just I ask three questions. I can't do many more than three questions to kind of think and meditate on God's word. So I kind of think uh, either I do the kind of Swiss method, if you've heard of that, it's kind of like a Bible reading method where you think, okay, what struck me in this passage that I've read? What questions do I have about it? You know, what do I want to kind of nut out? And then how do I apply it to my life? Um, sometimes do you mean Swedish better. or do you Swedish? mean Swiss? Oh, I think I mean Swedish. I think it's Swedish. <laughs> I'm sure the Swiss are very good at Bible reading too. Yes, probably. Yeah, you know, yeah. the last time I was telling someone about this, I said, now let me tell you about the Swedish, 
Swedish fish method. <laughs> and it's not called that either. <laughs> no, it's just the Swedish method. Okay, well, look, some very smart missionary in uh, yep. Sweden. Oh, uh, that's that called the Swedish method. That's what from yeah. Sweden. Yeah. Anyway, so she just, does, she just uses those three questions, which mm-hmm. I like. I use sometimes. But then the other three questions I often use because I like to change things up a little bit is just what does this teach me about God? What does this teach me about the people, like the them then, what's going on in the passage? And then what does it therefore teach me about me and how I should respond? So they're actually kind of similar. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not fancy. <laughs> um, mm. I just Three questions is about all I can kind of handle. Um, and they kind like, so I just finished Deuteronomy and I loved, I did Deuteronomy a couple of months ago. I love Deuteronomy. The beginning of Deuteronomy is like as sweet mm-hmm. as honey. It's beautiful. And you get to Deuteronomy six and it's just gorgeous. And it's talking about remember the Lord and how he saved us out of Egypt and tell your kids and teach everyone and don't forget and write on your door frames at your houses. And like, it's just beautiful. And then there's like, I don't know, 1,700 more chapters of Deuteronomy, which is just about let me remind you of all these laws. (laughs) It was much more of a slog. (laughs) Yeah. And so my joy for Deuteronomy was like, okay, porridge again. (laughs) Let's keep going. (laughs) Sometimes when you do... as well to swallow. Yeah. Sometimes when I I get really stuck... Sorry. Mm -mm, It's your turn. (laughs) Um, this is what happens when we're not in the room together. We're just trying to over, over conversations. Um, I think because some of those laws were really hard, um, then, and not just reading them, but understanding what's the purpose of them. I really clung on to just asking that question. What does this teach me about God? And Mm. often a lot of those laws in Deuteronomy just taught me, actually, God is a holy God and God cares how we treat him and he cares how we treat each other. And so that just to actually think about, well, if that is true, that's why he made these laws. And then actually, well, do I treat God as a holy God or am I a little bit too cavalier with God? And, or am I a bit, you know, careless or like, do I, because one Peter says the same thing, right? Be holy because I'm holy. Mm. But mm-hmm. do I take that seriously? Mm. Um, the way that Deuteronomy mm. uh, reminds us in depth to take it seriously very detailed yeah uh okay my turn oh no that's out of alphabetical order um i'm not that (laughs) organized so sometimes i just do well what i often do is i'll just read and sometimes there's just something in the passage which gets me or i'm just like i totally don't understand that it's kind of a little bit curious to me maybe and that's kind of my my way in because I've got a question mark for example last week I was reading Psalm 121 which is the one about lift my eyes to the mountains where does my help come from and I just had a few questions about it like why what why does he need shade in verse 5 from the moon God provides him shade from the sun and the moon and I was like, who needs shade from the moon? Like, how dangerous is the moon? So that just kind of got <laughs> Don't me thinking. You get a moon tan? <laughs> so that just kind of got me thinking about those verses um, and what it means for God to be 
I guess, protecting us at all times of day and night. And then I guess from that comes more questions. Okay, so when does God help us or when does God protect us? And then that took me to other verses in the psalm, like that he's the creator of heaven and earth. Oh, he protects us in all places. Okay. And at the end, it's for now and forevermore. So it's like now and eternity. So that kind of question was kind of my doorway into asking other questions, which helped me to sort of start thinking about it. So I think that's one thing that I do. If my mind is kind of, you know, relaxed enough to ask questions, um, then, yeah, I just like asking questions, finding bits I don't understand and trying to work it out. If I'm feeling a little bit more pragmatic or kind of like I don't, really get it or I don't have any questions um, I do the what I call Claire Deves method which is basically just asking <laughs> what's that all Shout about out to another Trinity uh, College lecturer <laughs> yeah it's true um, yeah basically what's that all about so today one of the passages I was meant to read for my thing was Ecclesiastes 1 to 3 and I was just like oh yeah it's quite familiar you know to every season blah 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 um, and so then I was like, ah, oh, there's more to it than that. You know, I've got to think about this. So I just went, okay, chapter one, what's that all about? Chapter two, what's that all about? How does it fit together? Chapter three, what's that all about? Just kind of start writing things down and then that kind of gets my brain going. And at least I work out what one, it's all about. Do you mean chapter two, chapter three, as in you did three chapters? Or do you mean verse one, yeah. verse two, verse two? No, chapter one, chapter oh, yeah. It's really so random. So you took the whole usually, chunk and then... Yeah. Well, I, that was what I was told to do and I'm a very good girl, so I just did what I was told. <laughs> um, this is, is a bit random you when you fall usually, off the It's true. Usually it's not that many chapters. Usually you only do like one or two, but today was three. So I was like, well, I guess there's a reason, so I'm going to go with it. So that's two things that I do. Ask questions or just ask one question. What's that all about? Yeah. What about you, Jeffrey? Uh, well, I'm in my own personal Bible reading. I'm kind of a little bit like Liana in that I'm a bit systemless. So this is just where <laughs> I'm at with Romans. Organic, organic, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I um, find that a little pejorative to say systemless. Oh, yeah. Positive spin. <laughs> So in Romans, I kind of have found myself just asking, is that true? Um, mm. Like I, I read a verse and think, ah, oh, is that true? Like, is that what I see in the world? And then I think about, like, is that how people are? And is, that, is that true of me? Like, do I believe that? Do I believe that's true? Do I act like that is what I believe? You know, just like, and that single question seems to be the, I think it's kind of goes with the nature of what Romans, the mm. way that Romans teaches that it, it's kind of, um, it is making this kind of like back and forth argument with um, this hypothetical person that is a conversation partner of um, the letter. And so I kind of enter into that with Romans and think, oh yeah, is that true? Do I believe that? Um, what does that mean? If that's true about God, what does that mean about us? And, is that how I think of him? And yeah, so that's kind of been my way through like into meditating about the, mm. the verses that I've read in Romans. Sometimes so that's not like too... a kind of like everything, you know, this is yeah. the one question that you can ask for every part of the Bible that will unlock you know, God's riches true? for your life. 
Yeah, no, no. But it's just about what I'm doing. My question works for every Bible. Yeah, yours is. Yeah. Yeah, What does it teach us about God? Hello. Yeah. (laughs) It does. Um, But sometimes you're also feeling maybe a bit too tired or a bit too, I don't know, brainy not working um, and you need a book or something to tell you what to do. Yeah. I think it's Jeff telling us to wrap up. Yeah, Sometimes sorry, there's no so, neat way to do this on Zoom. Just yeah, I know. Like, I was thinking this is getting really just boring. He's waving his hand in the He's air. just waving <laughs> his hand. He's either saying I'm crazy or I should wrap up. I was just going to say you don't have to just go it alone and come up with your own questions. Oh, yeah, true. And also use books. Like sometimes I think when Dorothy was a baby and I didn't have any brains, I would just read that one page a day, Tim Keller, the Psalms book or the Proverbs book. Yeah, you know, yeah. words of wisdom and is it my rock and my refuge or something like that and it's yep. just like a short passage a short kind of devotional and even a prayer to pray at the end so yeah. it's like you don't it doesn't take very long and you don't have to have helping me out brother you. just give me the words. i know and it is but sometimes you need that sometimes you just need someone to drag you on and just keep you going so also yeah. like shout out to dale ralph david davis um, oh, so if there's Old oh, Testament stuff Daniel. that you're finding difficult, like find anything that DRD has written and just read Uncle that Uncle Dale, as I like to call him. <laughs> yeah. I think he writes at that kind of perfect pitch level. Like it's not this kind of like huge, big, deeply analytical, technical. theological, yeah. technical thing. It's just kind of like you can it, read it alongside Sit in a comfy chair and just picture this kind of Tennessean accent in your ears and it's, it's beautiful. Jeff's looking at me like I'm crazy because he can't picture the apple. So, but everyone else can see the apple. So, <laughs> Liana, you can't see the apple either. I've forgotten. Um, no, but great. so what I think what we're saying is there's no right way to do it, um, actually. Yeah. There's no one way to do it. And at different and seasons, seasons like, yeah. There's seasons of life yeah. when the main priority is just get some Bible every day. It doesn't really yeah. matter if you're doing a big long Bible study by yourself, you're reading a devotional, maybe you're listening to the Bible on audio or, you know, whatever. I think just keep going. That's the main thing. Yeah. yeah. Which I suppose takes us to um, our Bible verse, which is what I was going to bring up. So to finish with our Bible verse, I've been reading through the Psalms. Because I thought, you know, this whole kind of quarantine corona life is it's up and down and the Psalms takes you on a little journey of joy to praise to lament to confusion. And so I thought I'd let David take me on my journey. Um, so last week I started reading the Psalms and Psalm 1 says this. It says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in, in its season, and his leaf does not wither, but whatever he does prospers. That's Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. Amen. Liana, have you got a home hack for us as we finish off? Oh, home hack. Uh, yes. When I was first... Uh, at home with a baby an older woman said to me make sure you stay on top of the dishes you'll feel much better about life and I was like whatever I'm a modern woman I don't worry about things like dishes and um, 
she was actually so right and I was so wrong. Uh, so I would say if you're at home a lot, stay on top of your dishes. You'll feel a lot better. All right. See you later, everyone. Thanks, uh, Liana. Thanks, Ez. See you all. Goodbye. Thank mm -hmm. you.